Say amen. amen. Who needs a lesson? Who needs a lesson? Anybody need a lesson? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you need a lesson. Got several over here, several on this side, Brother Jalen. Raise your hand. Anybody on this side? Anybody? Look how dedicated this side is over here. Either that or they're just not taking notes, one or the other. All right, I think way in the back we got a hand up. Anybody up top? Y'all good up top? All right, this right here means yes, this right here means no. Y'all good up top? All right, there we go, there we go. All right, Nush, you got it over there? We're all good? All right, John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. Uh, we're going to just start where we left off last week. Uh, John chapter number 8. And we'll begin in verse number 12. Verse number 12. I was going to try. Uh, had a whole lot more to the outline, but the more I started, I, I had, you know, four or five points, and then I started filling in uh, point one, point two, and by the time I got to the end of point two, we'd already used up two pages, so I figured we'd just stop there and uh, get that done, and then we'll, we'll just finish up and go, go from there. But we've got a lot of good stuff tonight, a lot of stuff we're going to learn, and uh, so I'm excited about being here. Y'all excited? All right, good, good. John chapter 8, and I'm just a little hot. I, I don't know, I, not that it bothers me because I'm deaf and I can finally hear myself, but it might be a little rough on them. Uh, John chapter 8 in verse number 12. If you there, say amen. amen. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came, and whither I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come, and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh. In other words, the outward. I judge no man, yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye have known me, ye should also, or excuse me, ye should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. How I many of y'all are glad the devil's gunpowder can't burn till the Lord's ready? That gives us good confidence. Amen. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and ye shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whether I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of the world, or this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for he, if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. In other words, I've done told you one time, I've done told you two, I've done told you several times. Now he says, he says, uh, where did I stop? Verse 26. Even, all right, let's go back to verse 25. Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, 
I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted me, or lifted up the Son of Man, that's talking about Calvary, it's talking about the cross, the crucifixion, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he say, He that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things which please him. And he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, or slave. The word is a slave. And the servant or slave abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free Let me say that again. That's just good. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Indeed. I heard a preacher preaching one time. It says it doesn't say he will set you free. He said if something's set free, it can get trapped again. He said if you're made free, you're free indeed. And all God's people say it. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the blessings, uh, Lord, that you bestow on us all the time. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house and being with your people Lord, we have the opportunity to take your word and read it and study it. And uh, Lord, just chew on it a while and help us to do that tonight. Help us to look at it. Lord, help us to apply it to our life and help us to understand it more than anything. More than anything, help us to understand it. Help us to know it. Lord, it's not having the truth doesn't make us free. It's knowing the truth is what makes us free. And I pray that you'll help us to, to do that tonight. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Here we find Jesus. He's just taken up kind of where he left off before he was so rudely interrupted uh, by the the Pharisees and and the people trying to trap him. If you'll remember, when we were in chapter number 7, he was using the Feast of the Tabernacles as an opportunity to teach the people, as an opportunity to reveal himself to them. Okay, you remember when he went in and, and halfway through the, free, the feast he stood up and, uh, and he began to teach and they confronted him and, and so forth and so on at the end of the, at the, end of the, 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 the Feast of the Tabernacles when, when they had the ceremony. I, I know this is a few weeks back so you're going to have to really stretch your brain a little bit. But you remember when they came in and the priest would go to the pool of Siloam and take that golden vessel and dip in the water and bring that vessel back. And during the end of the feast, they would go and march around seven times around the altar and then pour out that water. How many of y'all remember us talking about that? And what did he do? At that point, in that moment, he, he stood and cried out. And the word that is used to cry, I mean with a loud voice at the top of his lungs, he said, come to me. Come to me, ye that are thirsty. 
He said, come to me and I will give you a river of water that floweth from out of your belly. I am basically saying, I'm the living water. And he's trying to teach them who he was. He's revealing himself to them. And we, and we looked at Old Testament Scripture. We looked at the uh, uh, even New Testament Scripture that referenced the Old Testament Scripture about the rock and the water that came out of the rock. And, and in the ceremony, they're remembering the water that came out of the rock. And, and he is saying, that's me. I am that living water. I am what you need. I will be the fulfillment of what you're looking for and what you're needing. So he's trying to reveal himself to them. Matter of fact, if you go back another chapter, uh, we find that he, it's basically three things that we find in the wilderness. Three things that we find in the Old Testament in the wilderness wanderings. First we've seen in, in chapter number six is the manna. If y'all remember, you remember what he said? I'm the what? Bread of life. I'm the bread of life. Uh, they said, we, the, our, you know, Moses gave us that manna. And he said, no, you don't understand. The real manna is me. I'm the true man. So he's using these things that Jewish people would get. He's teaching in a way that Jewish people would understand what he's talking about because they knew the traditions, they knew the history, they knew about the wilderness wanderings, they knew all about the manna. And so he's using what is given in the Old Testament to reveal the truth in the New Testament. If that makes sense, say amen. Chapter 6, we find the manna. Chapter 7, we find the water. Uh, now, now... He's using another ceremony. He's using something else that they did during the time of the tabernacle. Now, the, the feast is over, but he's using something to illustrate uh, who he is to these people. You see, not only, not only did they take the water in and pour it out as a, as a way of uh, remembering the, the, the things that God had provided in, in the wilderness, wandering the water from the rock, but they would also, they would take during the night, during the night, they would light big candelabras in the, in the tabernacle in the courtyard. And I'm talking about huge, huge torches and, and lamps there. And then they would carry around uh, lights and dance and celebrate and praise God. Now, you remember we said during this Feast of the Tabernacles, it was totally uh, celebratory. I mean, it is, the, it is like the mac daddy of all of them. It's the most exciting. It's the most joyful of all of them. And so they would just have a big time in carrying the... You say, what did the torches represent? It represented the flame by night. You remember that God led them by a cloud by day and a what? A fire by night. And the fire represented the presence of God. Y'all with me? Now see, now they already got it in their head. They already got it in their head that that fire by night represented God's presence with them during the wilderness wandering. And so they're celebrating that and they're having the torches. So God, or excuse me, Jesus just uses that as a stepping stone and uses that as a springboard. And he stands up and tells everybody, hey, I'm the light of the world. I'm not only the manna. I'm not only the water, I'm also the light that you follow. Say amen. I'm the light of the world. He's using everyday things to reveal himself to them, to identify himself as their Messiah. If you're following me, say amen. Now here's what I want you to write down. First, really two things, two points we're going to try to cover tonight. Uh, one is identity. One is identity, and the other is instructions. 
A lot of good stuff in both of them. Some of it's just, you know, uh, primary information. It'll be good for you just to have in your brain. Uh, but, but other stuff, you, you're going to learn something that's going to be exciting to you, okay? But let's look at the identity. Let's look at identity first. Uh, first, I want you to put this. A, if you're writing these notes down, in verses tw- and by the way, we're really going through several verses. And, and I looked at it from verses, let's see, verses 12, let's see, verses 12 all the way down to verse number 30. Verses 12 through 30 is what we're going to cover in this point. But we're going to see, it's not going to be like, it's not going to be like uh, A, verses 1 through 4, B, 5 through 8, C, does that make sense? We're going to go and we're going to see A, and we're going to skip through it and find the places he did that. Then B, skip through it and find it. If you'll look beside it, if you'll look beside it, A, we find that in 12, 23, 24, and 28. B, verses 13, 19, 25. Uh, C, 14 through 18 and 28 and 29. Does that make sense? Okay, it's just going to be a little different than I normally go, you know, uh, in chronological order that way, okay? So first I want you to see this. A, we see his identity declared. Write that down. His identity declared. Look in verse 12. Verse 12. He then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am... The lie of the world. But, but I, I know that's what y- y'all, are, y'all are trained to, to say right after. But I was making an emphasis there. <clears throat> so he said, and I'm sorry, I, 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 I didn't even think about that. Uh, what's those two words? Say it again. Say it again. We're going to come back to that. Now, now so let's, let's keep that separate. Let's keep that separate. He said... Okay, and then he said, y'all, go, y'all, y'all did it right, I am the light of the world. He's declaring himself to them. Now, each one of these represents something different. Bread has a function. Water has a function. Light has a function. Are y'all with me? All of these things serve a purpose. All these things serve a purpose. And you know what's cool about all that? We're going to look at some of the I am's that we see in the book of John, and we're going to go back we're going to go back and look in the, in, in, the, in the Old Testament and find out the first time we see that terminology, I am. Are y'all with me? And see how the different things, and, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm kind of getting excited again. I know where I'm going. All right, let's stick with the chapter. Stick, 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 stick with the outline. All right. Verse 12, verse 23. Verse 23. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath. I am from all right, you see what he's doing? He's declaring himself. He said, you don't even know who I am. I'm not even from this world. I'm not even from the earth. I'm not earthy. You're of this world. I am not of this world. All right, then verse 24. Verse 24, I said, therefore unto you. What, what color is your writing? Red. Who's talking? Jesus. Jesus, right. I said, therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am. I am. Okay, now the word he there is italicized. You see that? That means it was added by the translators for easier reading, so it would make sense to us. But he literally says, if you don't believe, I am. Or you can use this terminology, if you don't believe that I am the, nope, the I am. It'll make sense in a minute. 
Watch this. Watch this. Let's go skip down to verse 28. You're saying, what in the world? What does that mean? You'll see. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am. am. That word he is what? Italicized. It was added by the translators. So we, we see Jesus said, I am. When you, when you shall see me on the cross, not just the cross, but the death, burial, and resurrection, it was the resurrection that proved he was who he said he was. And he's basically saying, you will know that I am the I am. I am. Now, I know what some of you are thinking like, that don't even make sense. It will now. Watch this. He's declaring who he is. Look in Exodus. It's in your notes. It's in your notes under A. It's Exodus chapter 3. And, and, and let, me, let me explain what's happening here. Moses, Moses is on the backside of the desert. Uh, uh, he is really, he has got a calling from God, but he, he kind of failed the first go around. And, uh, uh, and, and that's a whole nother long story we'll talk about. But here he is on the backside of a desert uh, watching his father-in-law's uh, cattle here and his sheep there. And, 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 and so he's out here minding his own business. And he looks over there and there is a bush that's on fire. It's on fire. I mean, just flaming. Now, that's not, that's not that unusual. Because in the desert, stuff like that happened. It would get so hot, you know, that, that's probably not an unusual appearance. But the, the thing is, he kept watching it. And it kept burning. And it wasn't going out. It just kept burning and burning and burning. Now, how many of y'all know that Moses was nosy? Now, how many of y'all would have been nosy? So he goes over and he, he said, I need to check this thing out. What in the world is going on? So he's coming over here to this burning bush and he gets close to the burning bush and he hears God talk to him. Say, whoa, cowboy. Take off your shoes. Take off your shoes. Shoes represented authority. When you're in the presence of God, you have no authority. Take off your shoes for you are on. Amen. Let me tell you something. We can, we can spiritualize everything and we can make everything sacred. We can say this is a holy building. Ain't nothing holy about this building until God gets in here. What, what am I saying? What made it holy is the presence of God. Do you realize the side of a creek bank can be holy? A warehouse building can be holy. I've had some holy experiences in closets and cars and buses and, and things where I've just been in the presence of God. Somebody say, man. He said, put your shoes off, son, you're on holy ground. And we know at that point, we know at that point he gets instruction. He is told what to do. He says, I got a job for you to do. I need you to go back to Egypt and I need you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I'm going to send you. I'm going to be with you. I need you to go and get that done. And he's scratching his head and he's thinking, who am I going to say? I'm telling them that their God has sent me. What is your name? Who am I supposed to tell them sent me? Don't cheat. (laughs) Wait on me, people. Wait on me. Amen. Watch what he says. Exodus 3, 13. Exodus 3.13, listen, you know, it should be right there. Can you find it? You there? Everybody there? Look here. Exodus 3.13, and Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, 
The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Woo! And he, amen. Say amen right there. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. I am. Who sent you? I am. Who told you to come get us? I am. What's God's name? I am. It is not I was. And it's not I'm going to be. I got God bumps, I'm telling you. I just, woo He is the great I am. I am is present. He is not past. He is not future. He is ever present in the past, in the present, and in the future. He is, oh, amen. He is present in my past. He's present in my present, and he's present in my future. He is where I was, and he is where I'm going to be, and he is where I is. Are y'all with me? Now, that dog right there will hunt. Are y'all with me? I am. You know, and so, so why, why did he use the terminology? I'm rushing again. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. And so look at, look, let's, let's get back. Let's get back to John. Let's get back to John. Man, this is good. Let's get back to John. In verse, in verse uh, 12, in verse 12, he said, I am, and then he tags on something, the light of the world. Now go back, go back to verse number, let's see, go back to verse 24. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am, in verse 28, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that what Jesus is doing there is declaring himself the God of the Old Testament. He's declaring himself deity. He's declaring, he said, I am the I am. And John records several I am statements. Now, you don't have these, so just follow along. I run out of paper, and I'd have had to put another paper and staple it to that one, and I wasn't doing that. So I just copied it and just listened, all right? 23 times, 23 times in all, 23 times we find our Lord's meaningful I am. In the Greek text of this gospel, we find in chapter 4, 26, 6, 20, 30, verse 35, verse 41, verse 48, verse 51, chapter 8, verse 12, 18, 24, and 28, 58, chapter 10, verse 7, 9, 11, and 14, chapter 11, verse 25, chapter 13, verse 19, 14, verse 6, chapter 15, verse 1, chapter 5, y'all follow, y'all, y'all writing all that down? I'm kidding. 18, verse 5, 6, and 8. In several of these, he joins his I am with seven tremendous metaphors which are expressive of his saving relationship to the world. In other words, in 635, he said, I am the bread of life. In verse, chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. In chapters 10, verse 7, I am the door of the sheep. 
in chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. In chapter 11, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. In chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And then chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. Now, why did God leave that open-ended like that? Why did he leave his name, I am? Well, when we study Jesus and what Jesus tags on to all of those I ams, we understand, and that is this. He is whatever we need. <laughs> if we're thirsty, he is the living water. If we're hungry, he is the bread of life. If we're dead, he is the resurrection and the life. If we need reality, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus explains who he is. The reality of his identity is he is the great I am. That's good. I don't care who you are. I am. Man, it's just the, the reality of who he is and his deity. He's claiming and he's, he's responding to this world. I am the great I am. Now, go to John. Go to John chapter number 1. Now, you would think they'd be getting goosebumps like we are. They've been looking for this guy all this time. I mean, they've been looking for the Messiah. They've been waiting on the Messiah. They've been anticipating the Messiah, right? Now, watch this. John 1, verse 1. John 1, verse 1. You there? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All those are capital W's, by the way. Right? You get that? All right. Uh, what, what was Jesus before he was born in a manger? He was the Word. Before he, he had his human flesh, he existed before, y'all with me? He didn't begin in the manger. That's the point I'm trying to make. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, now watch this. In him was life, and the life was the, the light of men. And that light, what does it do? It shineth in darkness. And the darkness, unfortunately, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. By the way, it's capital, right? That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into this world. But here's the problem. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. But unfortunately, he came into his own, and so that brings us to B. We see his identity declared. Then we see, B, his identity disputed. His identity disputed. Now watch what it says. 
when he declares who he is. Verse 12, watch what it says in verse 13. We'll look at verse 13, 19, 25. Verse 13, the Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Really, they're using his own words or trying to use his own words against him. And we'll, we'll see that in just a moment. Uh, uh, but, but he says, you, you, you're not who you are. You, you, you're just talking about yourself. You're just bragging on your own self. You, that's not true. Then verse 19, he describes his father testifying for him. And, and this is what they say. Then said unto him, where is thy father? Jesus answered. All right. Then verses number, verses number 25. They said unto him, who art who? Now, have we not spent chapter after chapter after chapter, verse after verse after verse, Jesus declaring to them who he is? Have you ever, have you ever sat with somebody for 45 minutes explaining something, and in the 43rd minute, you're thinking you're making progress. And then they say something so stupid that you want to say, where have you been the last 42 and a half minutes? Are y'all with me? And then, if you've got any intelligence whatsoever, you realize they're choosing not to believe what you're saying. In other words, it's not that they don't get it, they don't want to get it. Because their preconceived idea about whatever it is that you're explaining to them is they would rather believe what they believe than be shown. Y'all with me? They're just, they're, they're, this, is, this is complete willful refusal. He is shining. Look what he says. Look what he says in the verse, in, in verse 12. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in, but shall have the light of light. What does he said? What do we read? What do we read in, in John chapter 1? John chapter 1 said, Those that are lost, those that are unbelievers, are walking in darkness. Walking in darkness, walking in darkness is 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 not a shame because some someone may have never shown you the but when somebody shows you the light and you choose to stay in the that's a shame and here's the thing they had all the indicators in the world they had all the scriptures they had all the old testament prophets they had every single thing that revealed Jesus to them even before Jesus showed up. Think about this a minute. Think about this a minute. I just thought about this. This is cool. How many of y'all remember when Jesus, well, you know, you wasn't there when Jesus was born. <clears throat> How many of y'all remember in the Bible when Jesus was born? Who came looking for him? Wise men. Now, shepherds did after the angel talked to him. But wise men from the what? The east. 
Where was the nation of Israel in captivity for several, 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 several years? In Babylon. Could it be that all the writings of Daniel, by the way, by the way, if you read the Old Testament scriptures, it predicted precisely where he was going to be born. And not just necessarily where he was going to be born, but at what time he would be born. And that's how they knew. Now think about this. Foreigners knew when the Messiah was coming and where he would come. And the nation of Israel didn't. And they had the scriptures, they had the prophets, they had everything. But they were walking in darkness. And when, when darkness tried to shine in their life, all they could do was dispute it, reject it, deny it. And listen, not, not, just, not just not believe it, but try to extinguish it. They were, they were actively trying to kill him. Matter of fact, at the end of this particular chapter, you'll find out he says something that infuriated him so much, they picked up stones and ready to deal with him. Y'all with me? And by the way, that's going to be a good one next week. The gospel according to Abraham. Jesus said, Abraham saw my day. Y'all bragging about Abraham? You think you're the seed of Abraham and all this kind of stuff? Listen, Abraham saw my day and was glad. How in the world did Abraham see your day? You're not but... When, when, man, I'm running a rabbit. Stop! I'm going to just tell you, next week's going to be off the chain. Say amen. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. They're disputing him. <clears throat> They're disputing him. <clears throat> Look what it says. Look, go back to the verse. Go back to the verse. Stay with the outline, son. Stay with the outline. Verse 13. Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Do y'all remember in chapter 5 when he said you need more, more than one witness if one man says something and it's, it's, it's not true? They're trying to play his own words against him. <clears throat> but that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Here's, here, here, here in, in, matter of fact, let's go over there. Let's go over there. Chapter 5. Flip back to chapter 5. We got time. We'll run no more rabbits tonight. Say amen. But just keep in mind, next week, off the chain. Verse 31. Verse 31. He says, this is chapter 5, 31. Is that where y'all are at? He says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Then he goes into describing all the witnesses that he has that bear witness of who he was. So what they're doing is they're just trying to use his words against him. That makes sense? Say amen. amen. Watch what he says. Now, now we find his identity declared, his identity disputed. Then see, write this down. We see his identity defended. His identity defended. He said, let me help y'all with something. Let me help. And by the way, he kind of does to them, he kind of does to them what he did to the devil. 
How many of y'all remember when, when, when Jesus was fasting in the wilderness? Fasting in the wilderness, 40 days in the wilderness, 40, hadn't ate nothing. You remember, and the devil came against him and, and said, if thou be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And by the way, he knew he was Jesus. He wasn't saying, you know, if you, if you are who you say you are. That's not the deal. He knew who Jesus was. He knew exactly who Jesus was. What he was doing is trying to play on Jesus' humanity, basically saying this, man, you're God's son. You don't deserve to be hungry. You got power, use it. I know who you are. You know who you are. You, deserve, you don't deserve to be hungry. Turn these stones into... Isn't that just like the devil? You don't deserve to be unhappy. Do something sinful. And he, got, he tried to get Jesus to use his powers outside of the will of the Father. He said, it is written. It is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, right? And then he tempted him again. He tempted him about dashing, about, you know, going to the pinnacle and, and jumping off. And, and, and he said, listen, don't the, don't the word say the angels won't let you dash your foot against a stone? And, you know, trying to use the word against the word. And then he said, it is also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, right? He took him to, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, you know, if you'll bow down and worship me, that's what the devil's always been after to begin with. I'll give you all of this because he's the prince of the power of the air. He's the God of this world. All this stuff, all these governments, everything in the world's all being run. Satan's orchestrating all of it. Only according to what God will let him. He's trying to shortcut the will of God. And that's, that's the devil's M.O. Because you say, why do you say that? Because he was already going to get it anyway. Because God the Father is going to give God the Son all the kingdoms of this world. One day he will rule this world. Y'all with me? But he was trying to take a shortcut. He was trying to get Jesus to try to get a crown without a cross. And he said, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. My point being is he took the word and used it against him. Guess what he's doing right here? When they are trying to rebuke him and they are trying to despise and reject him, he takes the word again. We can learn a lot from that, guys. If you've got problems in life, use the word. If you've got issues in life, use the word. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Amen? Watch what he says. <clears throat> then, excuse me, verse 14. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whether I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whether I go. Ye judge after the flesh. You judge on the outside. I judge no man, and yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. In other words, I testify, and my Father testified. It is also, you get that? He's, he's, he's pulling the word out. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Say, so when did he do that? The moment he was baptized. The voice of the Father said, Behold, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen, all of the miracles that Jesus did by the power of the Father was the Father testifying, This is him. So what did Jesus do? He just turned it around on them. 
He, he used their own methods against them. Listen, listen, I, I promise you this. There is nothing more powerful in the arsenal of life, the issues of life, the problems of life, than that book that's sitting in your lap right now. We neglect it, we ignore it, we abuse it, but all we have to do is open it, read it, learn it, practice it, and it will dramatically change your life. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Now watch this. Watch this. His identity. He explains who he is. He describes who he is. He uses uses something that they were very familiar with, something that would make sense to them, and declare to them who he is. Basically, they need to understand he's the Messiah. He is God. And in these verses we just read, we find out this. He's telling them, because you don't believe that I am who I say I am, you're going to die in your sins. Look what he says. Look what he says in verse number, uh, verse number 21. <clears throat> verse 21. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and you shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whether I go, ye cannot come. And he saith unto them, ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. Why? For if ye believe not that ye shall die in your sins. What's he saying? Where I'm going. Basically heaven. You're not going to be able to come. Because you refuse to believe that I am the I am. You refuse to believe that I am the Messiah. I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And because of that sin of unbelief, you can't come to where I am. And they, 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 they in their willful choosing to not believe, they, they are in confusion. You remember what we said last week, that one of the keys to knowledge is obedience? One of the keys to knowledge is obedience. If he says, what did, what did Jesus say? Uh, they, they're gonna, they, they will know the ones who do the Father's will. And we're going to see that here in just a second too. We're going to see that here in just a second in the next few verses. Here's the point. They thought he was talking about suicide. Because in that day, the Jewish people, they, they, they believed that suicide was the most heinous of all uh, sins that anybody could commit. And they went to the most worst place in, in judgment because of that. And so they're saying, well, we can't go where he is. He's just, he must going to kill himself. Totally ignorant. Totally ignorant of what Jesus is trying to say. Well, thank God. <clears throat> thank God. Uh, uh, there were several people that believed when he declared who he was. Several people. So let's look at what happens. We see that some believe him. Some believe his testimony. Some believe, and by the way, it's kind of cool, and this may not be nothing, it just stood out to me, that at the point when he started talking about the cross, in all of his teaching and all of his talking, it was at the point when he started talking about Calvary when he started talking about the cross. Watch what it says in verse number, verse 28. When ye shall have lifted up the Son of Man, that's talking about Calvary, it's talking about the crucifixion, then shall ye know that I am 
and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, say it again. Say it again. All right, all right. Look at verse th- chapter 3. Go back to chapter 3. Now we know this is we know this is 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 sure enough gospel territory, right? I mean, everybody knows John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's probably one of the most well known gospel verses, good news verses, right? Y'all with me? Come on, y'all, y'all getting slow, right? Now watch, watch what He says, verse fourteen. <clears throat> verse fourteen, it says this. Well, let's go back to verse thirteen. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, and if y'all remember, I remember we talked about that, that that was during the time when the snakes bit all the people. And, and they went to God and said, oh, we, get, we need some help with this. And they said, up on a pole, put that brazen serpent. And hold that brazen serpent up. And that was a type of Christ. That was a type of the crucifixion. Anybody that looks upon Christ, they, they, or looks upon the serpent, will be healed. It was because the, the, uh, the cure had to imitate the cause. How many of y'all remember that? Man died, so man had, or man sinned, man had to die. Jesus had to be lifted up like that serpent. Look what it says. And as Moses was lifted up, uh, uh, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Did Jesus not say, if I be, I will what? Isn't it amazing that right when he began to talk about the crucifixion, Calvary, him being lifted up, guess what them people did? Go back to chapter 8. All right, verse 28. 8, verse 28. You there? Then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, what is that in reference to? The cross. So he is preaching the, the gospel of the cross. He's preaching the cross. He's exalting the cross. If I be lifted up, I will. So at the preaching of the cross, look what happens. Verse 30. Verse 30, and as he spake these words, what words? Words about the cross. What happened? Wow. That is the Bible showing itself true. Are y'all with me? Now watch. What does he do? He takes these believers. This is point number two. We got 11 minutes. Okay, we did that in 50 minutes. That means we got to go fast, people. Amen. All right. As he spake these words, many believed on him. And this is what Jesus said to them. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. 
There's an if-then statement. In other words, there's going to be proof. If you're a true believer, this is what's going to take place. There's a lot of professing people. There's a lot of people that claim to be a, a Christian. You can knock on any door in Coleman. You ask the question, are you a Christian? Probably 95% of the people, if not a higher percentage, will say, yes, I'm a Christian. They haven't been to church in centuries. Don't even own a Bible. Probably talk worse than a sailor, but claim to be a Christian. And Jesus saying, not so. If you are a disciple, this is what's going to happen. You're going to continue in my word. Then are you my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, now this is a different day. I was talking to Brother Buchanan the other day, and we were discussing this word, and, and it, just off the cuff, he called me about it. And I told him it, it was the same group, but I, I, I truly believe, just after studying and digging and digging some more, this is, this is not the same they that believed. This they is in reference to those, because you've got to understand, here, here, you've got a mixed multitude of people. You've got, you got a group of, uh, I, I want to use the word common, and I hope you understand what I'm talking about by that, common people by meaning they're not scribes and they're not religious leaders they're not scribes and pharisees sadducees if y'all know if that makes sense say amen it's just your everyday merchant man your everyday farmer your person that come in from from the country to sell his goods in, in in the city whatever you got this totally group of common people and then you got this religious crowd that hates jesus and they want to kill jesus if that makes sense say amen and so you have a group of people that believe him. They believe he's the light of the world. They believe he's the Messiah. They believe he is who he says he is. Nobody's ever spake like this man. So they believe him. Well, you find another group of people, which is, I, I believe, personally, are the scribes and the Pharisees. And, they, and, 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 and they're, they're, they're constantly, constantly criticizing what Jesus is trying to say. And so here he's, he's, he's trying to help those who believe. He's trying to disciple those who have believed and helped those progress in their faith. And, and so when he says this, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The religious crowd speak, wait a minute, wait a minute. We haven't been in bondage. We're, just, we're the seed of Abraham. So arrogant. So arrogant. They were so confident in their heritage and who their, their grandparents were. We're the seed of Abraham. We were in bondage to no man. Well, what was that Egyptian uh, uh, hacienda they was in? Those years they were building all them pyramids. What about the seven nations that they were in bondage to? What about the Babylonian captivity? Isn't it amazing that, that when you are arrogant and self-righteous, you are totally oblivious to reality? You can witness to people and people that are self-righteous and self-confident and they believe more in their own self than the Word, you can tell them something and they are totally oblivious to truth and reality. I mean, they're totally oblivious to reality. Now, number one, Jesus wasn't in reference to chains on their own. And by the way, by the way, they were in bondage to Rome then. So, that's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus is talking about sin. Jesus is talking about spiritual bondage. Are y'all with me? So here's what I want you to write down quickly. Write this down quickly. 
first I want you to see under the instruction given. Now he begins to instruct. Now he, he begins to disciple and be tender toward those who are, are believers. First we see this. A, there is progress expected. There is progress expected. When you are born again, you are a babe in Christ. Y'all with me? You're a babe in Christ. I seen, I seen uh, 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 Brother, Jeff's, Brother Jeff's brother, his daughter just had a, a baby today. And I think uh, uh, Miss McBrayer had a baby. Tori had a, uh, had a baby today. And uh, bless God, we're going to build this membership one way or another. Amen. Every time these new, new young couples are expecting, I'm praying for triplets and quadruplets, quintiplets. We'll, can't reach them, we'll grow them up. Amen. We just get this. I'm kidding, by the way, on that. I'm kidding. When you're a babe, it's cool. And it's sweet. And it's, you know, it's, you know, they're just so fragile and just look like a little blob, say man. I've seen newborn babies. I'm talking about like new showing up newborn babies. And they, they come out newborn and they oh, they look like Uncle Bob. If Uncle Bob looks like that, he's in trouble, say man. They don't look like nothing. They look like humanity in trouble. Say amen. That's what they look like when they arrive. Now, as cool as that is and as sweet as that is, if they look like that six months from then, we'd be finding a specialist. If they were not growing, if they were not developing, we would know that there is a Guess what? If you're a child of God, and you are not growing, and you are not progressing, developing, then there is a What Jesus is saying here to these new believers, he's saying, I expect you to grow. I expect you to progress in your Christian life. I don't expect you to have the same amount of faith five years from now that you have now. You have a saving faith right now. You have a small amount of faith. You have faith as a a grain of a mustard seed, but that mustard seed goes in the ground and it grows and it develops. I expect growth. Y'all with me? Continue. This This is what it takes. He says continue. Say that with me. Say it again. Continue. What does that mean? It means to abide. It means to abide. It means hang out in. Spend time with. Spend time in. In what? The Word. Continue in the Word. What are you doing right now? You're continuing in the Word. You're sitting and you're learning and you're growing and you're putting yourself in an atmosphere where you can be developed and you can grow. Are y'all with me? This is great. This is what you're supposed to do. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What does it say in the book of Acts? It says, they that gladly received his word were baptized and the Lord added unto them. And then what did they do? And they continued, right? They continued steadfastly in the apostles. That's teaching. That's the word. What is it? What is Jesus trying to say? Man, the moment you get saved, you need to get your Bible and you need to continue in that Bible. It's about learning and living. That's what continue means. 
Learning and living. Learning and living. Learning and living. Learn something and live it. Learn something, apply it, use it. Somebody say amen. amen. Don't be a hearer of the word, not a doer. Don't be a hearer of the word, not a doer. Be a doer of the word also. Don't learn about forgiveness and not forgive. I am. Amen. He said, live it. Learn. That's the problem today. There's too many Christians professing it, but they're not learning and living. They're not putting themselves into an atmosphere where they can grow and they can continue the word and they can soak up and feed on God's word so it can transform them into a true disciple. Amen. All right, let's hurry, hurry, hurry. There is progress expected. Say that with me. There is expected. They continued. The early disciples, they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. I'm talking about immediately. They just went right into teaching and growing and developing, fellowshipping. But then B, not only is there progress expected, but there's a promise that's experienced. Verse 32. Well, look what it says. Then Jesus said unto the Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And, this is what's going to happen, this is a promise. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Here's two things. What, what's promised with this truth that God has given? First is knowledge. First is knowledge. Let me read this. That's number one, by the way. Underneath, underneath B. Number one is the word knowledge. The truth here is not just the facts surrounding Jesus as the Messiah and the Son of God. But Now, what, what is he saying right there? Part of this is this. All these ignorant people don't believe that I am who I say I am. All you got to do is break open the Word, and it will prove I am who I say I am. If you continue in the Word, then you're going to know what? The truth. The truth. Are y'all with me? The truth here is not just the facts surrounding Jesus as the Messiah and the Son of God, but also to the teaching that he brought. A genuinely saved and obedient follower of the Lord will know divine truth and both freedom from sin and a search for reality. In other words, you want to know what's real and what's right. Be obedient to Christ and study and read his word and God will reveal himself to you. A promise of continuing in the word is to have, come on everybody, to have knowledge. How many of y'all want to know something? Amen. Not only is there a promise of knowledge, but number two, there's a promise of freedom. There is great freedom in knowledge. Write this, oh, write this down, quick, quick, quick. Write this down. Y'all listening? There's a freedom. What kind of freedom do we get when we get some knowledge? When we open our Bible and we start reading and we start learning and we start growing and we start developing and we start maturing, what do we find out? I tell you, we find out that we have freedom from our past, from past sin. 
We learn. There's, there's way too many Christians that's gotten saved, but they've not applied themselves. They've not opened the Word. They've not spent time in study. They've not spent time abiding with Christ. And because of that, they're living in guilt, and they're living in shame, and they're living in regret, and they just have all of their past just haunting them all the time when all they got to do is open the book and understand that God has separated them from their sins as far as the east is from the west. And all they got to do is open the book, and they'll find out that Jesus says in their sins and iniquities will I remember no more and all they got to do is open the book and abide a little bit and learn that Jesus says that his blood will purge our conscience from dead works that we may serve a living God and you'll learn that you're free from your past your past is just that it's past your past doesn't have to dictate your future God does not consult your past to determine what's in front of you somebody say amen And if you spend time in the Word, it will make you free from your past. Not only will it make you free from your past, past sin, but how about present problems? My present sin. We're all human. We all have issues. And we all have weaknesses. And if you want to give in to your weaknesses, neglect your Bible. I can always trace when I get stupid. It's when I haven't spent time in the Word. I'm telling you, every single time. When I neglect God's Word and I don't spend time in God's Word, you get ignorant. You get weak. But when you abide in His Word, it gives you strength. It gives you the ability to resist the devil. It gives you strength to fight temptation. Y'all with me? It'll it'll make you free. I keep being tempted to say the word set. Try and stick it, make you free. You shall know the truth. and The truth shall make you free. Amen? Amen. Write this down. We're over time. Progress that's expected. The promise that's experienced. Then see, the preaching that's explained. The preaching is explained. They don't get it. What do you mean? We're Abraham's seed. We're never in bondage to any man. We know that's a lie. How sayest thou ye shall be made free? Jesus explains what he's trying to say. Verse 31. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free. And by the way, that's capital. That's him. He's talking about himself. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be. Church, say amen. Amen. Three things. Write these things down. Jesus explains first the bondage of sin. If you're living in sin, you're a slave to it. It is in control and not you. He that committed sin, that means to practice it, to live in a daily pattern of sin. You're a slave to that. By the way, Jesus died to set you free from that. All right, I need, Brother Dole, come up here quick. Steve, come up here a minute. Quick, quick, run, hurry, hurry. I'm overtime already. I'm already in trouble. Y'all ain't helping by walking slow like that. All right, there we go. There we go. All right, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh... This is sin. This is sin. Yes, that's right. 
Put it there, bro. Put it there. All right. This is sin. Now, in my life, in my life, sin used to control me. I had no power against it. When I was lost, I was a slave to sin. sin. Now, here's the deal. Then Jesus came, and he broke the bondage. He took away sin. He took away sin. Now, now stay here. Stay here. Now, it's still there. It can still try to tempt me. And I can still have issues with it. But watch. He's no longer in control. Everybody, they they misunderstand that truth and that understanding. But as long as I abide in him, if I keep him where he's supposed to be, you better get back around there, Jesus stomp you. Does this make sense? If I abide in him, he will always be between me and my... If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free. Now, where does that freedom come from? It comes from knowledge, but knowledge of the truth. And where does knowledge of the truth come from? By abiding in His Word. Spending time with Jesus. Does that make sense? He explains the bondage. Good job. Y'all just stay right here. I may need you in a minute. <clears throat> he explains the bondage of sin. Then number two, he explains the future of the sinner. He said the slave is different than the son. The slave, and he explains that. He said the son abideth ever. The servant does it. The servant has no future. The servant or the slave has no future. But the son has a future. The son has an inheritance. Y'all with me? And, and he explains, if you are being controlled by sin, if you have no power over sin, if you're lost, if you're an unbeliever, then you have no future. But then see, or number three, whatever I got there, I want you to put this, the deliverance of the Savior. He explains the bondage of sin. He explains, listen, the future or the, the problem that the slave has. But then he says, listen, the Son will make you free. I don't know about y'all, but I'd rather live in freedom. I'd rather live in freedom. I don't want sin controlling my life. I don't want sin telling me what to do. I don't want sin controlling me. I want to have victory over temptation in my life. That only comes when you abide in him. That only comes when you abide in his because when you abide in his word, then you will know his word now remember this this is the last thing I'm going to say we're going to pray I can carry this around till the pages fall out of it and not be free having listen up everybody look at me look at me look at me having the word does not make you free Come on. Knowing the word. You can carry it around and there's something that's just as proud as can be. They never open it. They never read it. They never study it. But they're proud. They got it. I got my Bible preacher. There's nothing magical about. It's what's in it. 
You can put it under your pillow. You can put it on the dash of your car because you know when it wrecks, it's the only thing that's going to survive. People are so superstitious about all that kind of thing. It's not the materials. It's the truth that's in it. You need to get in it. You need to read it. Then are you my disciples indeed. When? When you continue in my word. Because when you abide, continue, study, read, learn, and live my word, ye shall, ye shall know what? The, and the truth will do what? Make you free. And when you compare those verses to the verses, like two verses later, it says who the Son makes free. So when you know the truth, who do you know? And the Son will make you free. Can we give God praise and glory? Amen. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. All right, we're going to pray. Here's, here's what I need. I need some help. We're going we're gonna to move these chairs because we've got bab, baptism this Sunday. So if some of you guys, some of you guys can stay for just a second and, and help us take down these, these steps here, that would be a great blessing. And all God's people say it. Amen. All right, Brother Jalen, are you going to direct that endeavor? Okay, Brother Jalen, you come on up and I'm going to pray. All right, Father, thank you, Lord, for your word.